Welcome to the Daily Zohar Study Group. My name is Rena Perkel. Today's lesson is for the Parsha of Vaigash, day one. I would like to dedicate this class to honor my dear friend Meira for encouraging me to learn Chokle Israel, which is the text that we are basing this class on for the study of Zohar. Let's get started by connecting to the tzaddikim and setting an intention here at Tzomei Fanecha, Hashem Elokeinu Elohei Avotenu, Shetekabel Beratzonat Limudenu, and the Shud of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the Ariya Kadosh, Rav Chaim Vital, and we will be able to draw down the Chochmah and Bina, the wisdom and understanding of the teachings of the Holy Zohar, so we can integrate them fully into our lives and be worthy vessels to receive Hashem's great light and blessings. Galenai ve'abita niflaot mitoatecha. Okay, so we will be following along with the text. You have a copy in um, the chat that you can look at. Um, this selection is from Zohar Parshat Vayigash, page 206b, verses 34 to 40. Just a little synopsis about what this section is about. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi are on a journey and they begin a discussion regarding the meaning of King David and the night prayer. They are joined by a commoner um, who clarifies the meaning of King David praying um, after midnight. It actually makes sense that we're learning about King David in this week's portion, since Vaigash is the this parsha, this week's parsha starts out with Yehuda um, approaching Yosef, and we know that King David is from the tribe of Yehuda. All right, let's get started. Verse 34. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi ir aru bikfar Hanan. Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi met in the village of Hanan. Ad dehavu yad vebe ushpizayu. While they were sitting at the inn, ata chad barnash vechad metola dechamra kameh va'al beveta. A man came with um, a horse, a mule, and entered the house. So now, basically, they saw this man with a horse, and that triggered this new discussion um, about uh, a horse and how it's connected to King David. Adhachi, Amar Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yossi, Hataninan, de David Malka, Havamit Namem, Kisus, Vashente Zeir. Rabbi Yehuda was saying to Rabbi Yossi, we have learned that King David would doze like a horse and had little sleep. What does that mean? We're going to find out more now. If this is true, how did he wake up at midnight? The portion of sleep he had is very brief. See, he would have awakened way before even a third of the night was over. They're trying to reconcile um, the, the, um, the understanding that King David used to sleep very short um, sleeps, but he would also wake up at midnight. So they're trying to figure out how is it possible that he had a short sleep and then would also be up at midnight. So they're trying to figure out how he, how he did that. Amarle, he replied, when night began, 
Dina Vasig Bemila So King David would sit with the leadership of his house to execute justice and to study Torah. He would then sleep until midnight, and then when he woke up, he rose to worship his master, i.e. Hashem, with songs and praises. We're now up to verse 36. Um, so I'm hoping you're all following along um, to the actual text. Uh, very important to connect to the Aramaic text. Um, the man who was also saying in this in, started to intervene and he asked, is this what you think? Meaning like, what else? I have something to add to this conversation. There is a mystical secret here. So he wants to add a deeper meaning to what they're discussing. King David is alive and exists forever and ever. So I wonder if this is the source for this for the song that we sing, David Um, I bet it is, because this is a bit really unusual that it, he just said that out of nowhere. The David Malka Havanatir Koyomo Dela Itam Tamita. King David was careful to avoid a foretaste of death. And because sleep is the 60th part of death. King David, whose domain is that of the living, slept only 60 breaths. For up to 60 breaths less one is for the living. From then on, men taste death. And the side of the impure spirit reigns over him. So we're going to explore what exactly that means, 60 breaths. It's a, it's a specific type of measurement, and they're trying to figure out if um, what was 60 minus 1. They're, they're really trying to figure out how long did he actually sleep. Very, they're very technical about it, but there, there's a point for why they're mentioning it. King David guarded himself from tasting death. Lest the side of the impure spirit obtain control over him. So they're basically saying that in, at night when people sleep, there's exposure to impure spirits, which we know, and that's the, that's why we have the custom of washing our hands first thing when we wake up um, in the morning to to cleanse away the impure spirits that are connected to our body. For 60 breaths minus one are the secret of the supernal life. What that means, I'm not sure what that, what the secret of supernal life, but let's keep going. The first 60 breaths are the supernal 60 breaths. I think there it's probably connected to the upper um, six sefirot um, and that um, King David was connected to the sefirah of Malchud and Malchud is considered the seventh um, like the seventh sefirah, and then there's the upper six sefirah, starting from Chesed going down to Yasod, which are really um, the the source of energy that comes through 
um, is the Sefirot is from the upper six down to Malchut. Um, this is where we're going to get a little Kabbalistic, but we could talk more about the Sefirot in a bit. Whose secret is that life depends on them. When they say life, they mean Malchut, because Malchut and, and life are um, connected. Because that's where the Malchut is the, the interface where, where the, the, um, the spiritual energies come into the physical world. From then down, downward, it is the secret of death. So basically what they're trying to um, help us understand here is that King David is actually uh, Merkava. He's a channel for the Sephira of Malchut. So he has a very uh, strong connection to that Sephira. And Malchut is the life force of the universe. So that means he draws his energy from the energy of living, which is the energy of Malchus. Um, okay, verse 38. Therefore, King David would measure the night until midnight so as to remain alive. Lest the foretaste of death dominate him. Um, okay, so I guess we, what they're trying to say as far as the 60 breaths is it's, it's, it's halakhically, um, there's like lots of different opinions about what 60 breaths is, but basically it's anywhere from three hours to six hours. So it's probably closer to three hours. Um, I think he would, from what I understood um, from the sources is that he would sleep a little bit, wake up, do um, some learning, do some singing, and then go back again to sleep, short sleeps, three hours at a time. Um, but there are some people that say it could be a bit longer, like maybe five to six hours. Okay, so that's one section of um, of what they're saying is, is how long did he actually sleep and why he only slept for um, short periods of time is because he didn't want to connect to impure energy. But besides that, besides sleeping less, another point that they want to make is that he also was very important for him to be, it was very, for it to be sure to be up every night during midnight. And now we're going to learn why that is. At midnight, David would be in his domain, which is Malchut. He would be connecting to Malchut, which is connected to life and existence by waking up and uttering chants and singing praises to Hashem. Um, obviously, we all know that he was the author of Tehillim, of the Psalms, and that they're full of praises and chants to Hashem. So he probably, through um, being up during midnight and having no distractions, was able to connect to Ruach HaKodesh, divine inspiration, and um, flow from that space and come up with all these gorgeous um, songs and praises and chants um, of the psalms that we still till today use, uh, which is very powerful. Begin dechad it palgu leila vechita kadisha it For when midnight stirred and the holy crown was awakened, David did not wish to be found connected to another domain, the domain of death. Okay, so they, they're they talking about the holy crown. The holy crown is a reference again to Malchus. 
And Malchus is um, the literal meaning of the word Malchus means kingdom. So that's why, I mean, I'm sure there's other reasons. And as we'll learn over time in the Zohar, there's always multi-layers to things. But within this context of the crown, I think they're, they mean um, because it's connected to kingdom. And obviously that's since David Amelch was a king, there's another uh, correspondence here. Um, okay, let's see. Okay, now we're up to verse 39. When midnight comes, okay, so this is really important. is holiness, is supernal, is awakened. So they're saying that midnight is a very special time spiritually, that it's like a portal, like a spiritual portal of time when there's extra access to holiness. And so this is why Kabbalists wake up at night to study Torah is because they, they know the unique quality of this time of night and how uh, one becomes more receptive to wisdom, to spiritual energy, to connection during this unique time of night. But man is asleep in his bed. And does not awaken to regard the glory of his master. He becomes attached to the secret of death. And cleaves to another domain, to the other side. King David, therefore, always woke up at night, careful of the glory of his master. This is a beautiful term. To be alive before the living, the, the, the living one. Um, it's just beautiful. And he would never sleep long enough to taste death. That's why he slept like the 60 breaths of a horse, 60 breaths less one. Okay, last verse, verse 40. So Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi were really blown away by this um, insight that this man shared with him with them and they kissed him and uh, they asked him what's your name he said my name is Chizkia, which means uh, is from Chazak strength strengthened by Hashem so they blessed him they said may you be strengthened and may your study of the Torah be expanded Yetivu so they sat down. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, "Ho'il v'sharet imalan mahaneh razini la'in dekamata." He said, "Since you've already started, tell us more of the supernal mysteries to which you have made reference." So that's it for today. Um, tomorrow's lesson will continue this conversation, and um, it's a couple of things that I'd like to review just to figure out what exactly is the essential message or insight we want to take away from this selection of the Zohar? How is this relevant to our lives? What does this text mean to you? So obviously um, the biggest takeaway is understanding that there are unique times of the day, um, times for connection to Hashem and how nighttime 
um, can be very, very unique because we have less distractions. It's quieter. Most people are sleeping. And if you're up during that time, you can focus and you can meditate and you can learn and you can do Hibodu, do and you connect to Hashem your own way, you can play music and just, you know, um, get into a state where you're able to connect in a way that's way higher than during the week, the um, daytime. Um, so obviously a lot of us need to sleep. <laughs> so it's not so simple, you know, getting up in the middle of the night. Um, so what do you do? So I think a good takeaway is um, some people I know, uh, some Kabbalists, they don't necessarily get up in the middle of the night, but they do get up uh, like an hour earlier than they would would normally in order. Like, let's say if they were normally davenates um, at sun, sunrise, then they get up like about an hour or two hours before nates and they do their learning before they're davening. So that's also another option. Um, obviously, you could also meditate um, for like, for some time before. Also, you don't have to do it for an hour. You could also do it for like 10 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever, wherever you're at and whatever you're able to do. This is really an opportunity to instill a new practice. If it's something that you think would be helpful to you. Um, cause we're very, it's a time when our souls are very receptive to receiving spiritual light and wisdom. It's an opportunity for our soul to really overcome the body by overcoming the pull of sleep. And really, um, I think this teaching of the Zohar really highlights like a core foundation of Kabbalah and also Hasidus, which is that, um, like we learned in the Tanya, how, you know, we have this like a dual nature to our consciousness where you have the Nefesh Elokit, you know, the divine soul, and then the Nefesh Bahamit, which is the animal soul, and how life is really like this battle between the two, the higher self, the ego self, the Dat Elyon versus the Dat Tachton. And so our life's work is about our higher self mastering our lower self. And so by waking up in the middle of the night to learn or waking up super early in the morning to learn before you're davening, before you start your day, is really your, your opportunity to master your lower, um, your lower soul consciousness and that you're, you're really starting your day where your soul comes first rather than your body coming first, your soul comes first. And so give it a try. See if you can, you can incorporate this into your schedule, even if you do it once a week um, and see how that makes a shift and definitely um, keep us updated. We'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, questions. So there's more to come tomorrow. Blessings for you all to have a Yom Tov and uh, we'll continue tomorrow. Take care.